Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? This is episode 176 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. In this episode, I turn the mic over to Lucas Kaser to host with TCK newcomer Tyler Moss as they break down their incoming rookie running backs and lead to the NFL Combine. They've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Alrighty, good Tuesday morning, everybody. I think that's how I want to start it off. Um, if you've noticed the laundry still in the back, uh, we recorded these all on the same night, so just don't be alarmed. I don't have the same clothes in the same spot a week later. Don't worry about that. Um, the shades is back. He, he, did, he took them off for a little bit before this, but he got them back on. We're good to go. Hell no, I didn't stay on forever. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, you're right. So live we got, on me. We got running backs now. Um, if you play Dynasty Leagues, um, you are selling the farm for these guys right now for who knows what reason, because I have some interesting um, processes about how I've kind of approached this um, offseason or about how I've kind of developed my thoughts about it. But that's not the point of the video. We're just going to get in strictly to the rookies. As you can see, uh, up, down, side, below, I don't really know where I'm putting these rankings on the screen, but you can see our tiers. Um, so obviously my tier one is the same as his added one guy. And I am not going to disagree on that because I'm kind of on a fence. But I'm not changing these too much because post-draft, like literally the day these guys get drafted, we're going to have boom, boom, boom. Like we're going to know. So now it's just strictly based off talent and maybe potential landing spots. So we're just going to hop right in. First guy, DeAndre Swift. Um, kind of the consensus one-on-one. Yeah. I don't want to say I'm super pumped about him. I just haven't found anything to take him out of that spot. It's kind of the way I'm approaching it. And until I find something like for sure, I don't think I'm going to move him out of there. Um, so we'll start off. He's the Georgia running back. But he's not the Georgia running back. He's one of the Georgia running backs. Um, he has been his whole three years in his career. Shared this year with Zamir White. His mm-hmm. freshman year, he basically shoved uh, Todd Gurley. Or, it's not Todd Gurley. Chubb. Chubb and Sonny Michelle. He's like, hey, I'm the pass catcher. And just totally took over as the pass catching back. So that is promising. Sophomore year, I don't know who it would have been. Not for sure. But uh, he is just sitting there. He has dynamic I think dynamic is the biggest word to give this guy. Um, basically reminds me of Alvin Kamara, and I know that's a very lazy comparison, but I think it's just he's a playmaker. He's not going to be an every-down type of guy, but the amount of those we have in the NFL now are very slim to none, and if we have them, they're, like a, they're good for like a two-year gap, and then they're just bodies are torn. Just because yeah. that's how it works. It's just the NFL. So uh, as you can see, my tier one is DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor. J.K. Dobbins, his is Swift, Taylor Akers. So starting with Swift, what do you see with him? Uh, I see three down. Um, okay. You may agree, but he, he does everything. He can pass block. He can catch. He can run. And, you know, NFL coaches are going to want to consistently stay with one guy. Obviously, you know, some can really effectively use multiple, but they want to go with hot hands and they want to go with consistency and uh, they want to put their quarterback in a position of comfortability around guys that he knows and trusts. And I think Swift is just an excellent compare, uh, what is it, um, sidekick for a quarterback, not that he uh, obviously is under a quarterback. But, you know, you put him next to a guy, you're going to get clear blocking 
from him. You can trust as a quarterback that he's going to be there, have your blind side. He can catch the ball if you throw it to him. He's got really solid hands, and obviously he does damage in the run game. Mm. I think he has a switch in him that can turn from power running to elusive running at any point. Uh, specifically uh, the Florida game, I'm a Gator fan, so watching that, um, he was stopped early, and that's with him trying to use his elusiveness. He started using power, and it it was a completely new running back for me. So I think he has so many different levels, and he's so dynamic as a running back. It's, it's, it's a clear one-on-one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it'll be – I'm interested to see kind of how it plays out because obviously this is related to the combine. It's combine week. Um, I'm not for sure what day they actually like run and stuff. This is Tuesday. It could be today. I just know it starts this week. So we're going to get these out this week. He's not going to test out the roof in terms of – because when you – the general Twitter landscape come combine time, if you're me, I'm getting data for everyone because I follow – Everyone from top to the bottom of the list, I'm getting it all. But the general Twitter, you're seeing who was the best running back, who won the three cone, who ran the best 40. You're not seeing every single thing. Swift is not going to be the best, I don't think, in any category, personally, just because I think there's a couple guys down here that are going to be just as good, if not the same or better. But I think Swift is – nothing wrong with him being the 101 all the way down to the 103 in terms of these running backs. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like we said, draft capital is going to matter. Uh, we'll talk about that a whole nother time. We'll move right down. Uh, my number two K makers and you have Jonathan Taylor, obviously they're all one big tier. So yeah. we just, I don't see much difference. Um, kind of with these guys, I guess we could say there's always, there's one thing with all these guys that's kind of, making their no clear RB1 right now with no draft capital. So obviously with Swift, people don't know if he can be that three down back because he wasn't. This is the way Georgia runs runs their running backs. They've always done that. Mm -hmm. You come down to Jonathan Taylor, the thing is, can he contain a full workload now even more like in the NFL? Just because he had 952 carries, I believe, in three years. Uh, He was there for three years, yeah. So somewhere on those lines, people are just kind of concerned if he can even – be a workhorse just because his body can take it. This I mean you can't mm-hmm. take that many hits. Um so I mean we'll see. I haven't like looked into like if people have like who's coming with what amount of carries and how that's translated. I'm not too worried about that because I know he's a beast. Um I watched a lot of Wisconsin games. He he would have smashed every single record if he returned for this year. He got like top three in like all the categories and he played three seasons. He didn't even play a fourth season. So he's a beast. Cam Akers, the thing with him is O line sucked. But does that really matter if you're that good of a running back? Um, and obviously, I'll give my take on that. And then with Dobbins, it's he does everything good, but nothing great. Um, so we can kind of break those down even more. So obviously, I have Acres at two. I'm a huge fan of Acres. I, not that I watched a lot of Florida State games, but I followed along and I've been watching just a ton of film. And I just think that even if you have a battle line, like we see what that did to Joe Mixon this year, he wasn't even a. He wasn't even a flex starter the first, like, eight weeks of the season just because that O-line was so bad. Mm-hmm. Cam Akers, Florida State was ranked 118th out of 130 O-lines in the college football landscape via, via PFF. Obviously, I mean, that's awful. <laughs> I mean, for Florida State, you'd think that'd be, like, not a primary recruitment spot, but you think they'd be able to piece together at least, like, a top 50 O-line squad. Didn't happen. Cam Akers still put up over 1,000 yards, still beasted, still – just showed that just overall good running back game. 
And to me, he literally did what DeAndre Swift did in a worse O-line. Um, I don't know. I just, But the one thing I do know about Akers is he's not going to get the capital these other guys are. Um, it's just how it is. it's going to be. So as much as I have him at number two, that's not saying come draft time I'm drafting him at the second running back, even though I think he has more potential than a lot of these guys. So I'll let, give your thoughts on Akers, and then you can transition to Taylor, and I'll respond to you. Well, absolutely. Uh, obviously, I love Akers. Um, hard to be a Florida fan and love a Florida State player, but, I mean, he's yeah. absolutely electric. Uh, coming out of high school, dominant. Uh, couldn't do much in, in college, but what he was able to do, I mean, he eclipsed 1,000 yards with, obviously, 118 offensive line. Um, sometimes he struggles to to make plays, but how much of that can we just chalk up to the line? Yeah. Uh, I think he has really, really great hands. Um he was very dynamic for Florida State. Again, they didn't have much talent going on on the offensive side. He had to be a multi-purpose tool, and I think this this is going to help him as a as a running back because you if you get him behind even a half decent O line, I think with his ability to make plays with nothing, um, what he's going to be able to do with with anything is is it will turn in him into a really electric running back. And obviously, unlike quarterbacks where we, we want, like, the underrated guy to kind of fall a little bit because then he gets a really, really uh, premier landing spot. Um, running backs, it's it's tough to see them fall because they're so um, capital dependent. But I don't see him leaving day two uh, without a team. Um, I think I think scouts will see his abilities and they'll take the they'll take the chance on him because he could he could really be electric for an NFL team. A lot of uses you can use him as. Uh, really dynamic running back. And then obviously we go down to Jonathan Taylor. Um, we look at the college numbers all the time, but we don't even take into account how many hits he was taking in, in high school and you know lower levels uh, than that as well. Because um, with his abilities, he. he I guarantee you, if I look back at anything in high school for him, he was he was playing all four years. So there's there's constant hits and damages, but I think as a running back, he's very very talented. And the one thing we needed to see from him in 2019, we got a lot of, and that's his receiving skills. Very much increased. Uh, struggled in 2018 to kind of build that. Really focused on it in the off season and and put it out there on the field in 2019 to put out some electric stats. Um, I think he's a, he's a very, very good running back. He's projected four, five, four, six speed. He's definitely ready for the NFL. He's got a great NFL body. He's got a great workload um, and definitely a great profile for an NFL team to want to look at him. Uh, really, really talented running back. Unfortunately, the damage that comes with him is a little unfortunate, but I think he can be a very, very effective starter from day one. Yeah. And I think the amount of running backs that are there long-term in the NFL as full-time workhorses is very slim. So if a team is like trying to win now, trying to like, let's do this, let's get this guy full-time running back. This is the guy I think. And I think with your four five, four, six speed, um, I've been following, I listened to a ton of podcasts and a ton of guys. A lot of people are projecting him to run a four, four, like run a sub less than a four five, which this is yeah. obviously, that would be insane. Like, cause acres is going to acres is going to blow the combine. Just an overall, like his overall portfolio of the combine is going to be fantastic. Everything's going to be check, check, check. It's just going to be that, can he do it full time? Yeah, yeah. Swift is just going to be good enough. Everyone knows he's good. There's no other thing with that. But if Taylor runs like a four four five, like, holy cow. Like, that, like it's the next level thing. Because 
we saw what Derrick Henry did. He turned on that next level on top of his power running, and he took over the league by storm. I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor's that, but I'm saying that there's definitely that, oh, you're here, we know you're good, but you do one thing, like snap, you're here in the NFL, and I think Jonathan Taylor can really unlock that this year. And I think it's, uh, I think it's quite hard to say that a running back can carry an offense, and, and there's a few that can do it. Obviously, we mentioned Henry. I think Taylor has that ability to, to step into an offense, even with a weaker quarterback, and you know, help develop a solid offense mm-hmm. around the running game. So believe in Taylor in that. In doing yeah, that. I do. I, I think it'd be, I'm excited for him um, going forward. So my next guy in my tier one is J.K. Dobbins, your only guy in tier two. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he just does everything good. He's just a good running back. Um, it's hard to be like super truther, like 101, just because we saw what he did. All his breakout age dominator were great. All his normal stats were great. All his film was great. Sorry, I said great for all this. All the film is good. All that stuff is good. But nothing is great. He isn't dynamic like Swift. He isn't super elusive, super electric like Akers. He isn't the 2,000-yard runner he was last year, but he wasn't for three years like Jonathan Taylor was. So – unless you have anything that's like popping out for Dobbins, I think really where you just got to put it is he's really good at everything. And some team just has to invest capital, which I think they will ultimately uh, early day too. Uh, yeah. You know, I think he's a uh, quite impressive running back. Obviously his, his 2019 profile is, is, you know, far to none outside of Taylor. Uh, real fun, quick stat. Uh, 2003 yards was JK Dobbins final uh, yards total and 21 touchdowns actually tied Jonathan Taylor in both of those. So that's, that's kind of crazy. Even to the, um, not entirely too sure if that stats backed up, but I think it's, I think it's, it's kind of funny, but uh, I think he's a really good running back. Uh, The only thing I do want to mention on him is what he was able to do with a mobile quarterback. When there was a clear threat, there was a chance that the quarterback could also tuck it and run. And what he was able to do with Dwayne Haskins in 2018 uh, his stats did decline. Obviously, we didn't see too much from his um, his first starting year. But in 2018, obviously didn't go over the 2,000-yard hump. That's not a knock on him. But there is there was a clear stat decline from uh, 2018 into going into 2019 where he, he stepped up with um, having the mobile quarterback. Goodness, escaping my mind. You got it. Yeah, so obviously what he's trying to say is 2019, his numbers were huge, whereas they weren't in 2018 with Haskins. That team was very pass-heavy with Terry McLaurin, Paris Campbell. But what he's trying to say is, can he do it with, say he falls to, I don't know, let's just say the Steelers with Big Ben. Is he going to be able to do it with a team that doesn't – like they, if they're running the ball, it's to him. They're not running RPOs. They're not running read options. And they also had guys like Master Teague, who's going to see a huge uptick in carries this year as the full-time back that there was this mold when because when you're obviously when you're going into a game you have to game plan and I have a feeling Dobbins was not the main priority when they were game planning because you have a guy like Fields that you need to put all the priority on and then Dobbins can just come with it so you what he's trying to say is can he do it um at a great level because like we said everything's just kind of good um so we'll transition into my tier two I have them all here your tier three um minus one guy. I think you might have added him in. But so I have Clyde Edwards Alaire at LSU, Anthony McFarland and Zach Moss in my tier three. So Dwayne, 
just posted an article on the site that I think some of you guys went and looked at. He has Zach Moss at his 101. And we're not here to argue. We're not here to argue or nothing. He's this dude. I, he built together a statistical, like, numbers-based program. He didn't tell me that at first. So I was like, dude, are you crazy type thing? Because um, he has, like, acres all the way down at, like – 13. But, 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 but I'm going to look at his numbers, and it will make sense probably as we go as to why the whole production-based profile works. So, Edward Zolaire, um he, one, will not get the draft capital to be a full-time starter. We can just say that. No team's going to pass up the four dudes we listed above and be like, yep, this is the guy. Because I think even if a team's looking for an overall full-time starter, I think they're going to go to Zach Moss first before they come to him because Edwards Alaire thrives in the passing game. He – I didn't pull up his normal uh, – his receptions or whatever from last year, but he is a huge benefactor of the passing game. 55 receptions, 450 yards. Insane. Because yeah. when you're looking at receptions for a running back out of college, you want like – 25 like 25 is huge because mm-hmm. obviously there's a ton of people on the game or a ton of people a ton of people on the team that need ball to come to them 55 is a lot but to where i kind of lean on that is like i said with dobbins teams were worried about justin jefferson jamar chase thad moss joe burrow they just kind of like not forgot about alaire but it was just like sure you can have that three yard check down make me miss you running the ball, and which he did. He was fantastic at it. He was turning, like, zero-yard, like, dump-off passes that, like, a defender was a yard in front of his face into 15-yard gains like it was nothing. So mm-hmm. he's just very um, – like, he's great burst, but he's very uh, – he's a yards generator, I like to say, or he is a huge utility-type back because you're like, hey, go make a play. You're going to pick him, whereas Zach Moss needs to develop the line, needs to develop play. Edward Allaire can just do it on the run. So I think you had some pretty good takes kind of against him. So why don't you go ahead and say him? Yeah. So, gosh, I, I don't want to be, uh, be uh, kind of taking heat for uh, kind of nitpicking on him a little bit. But I think in the NFL, there's so much key on pass blocking. And I know this isn't a huge factor. Obviously, guys, I got his jersey behind me, can get away with uh, not having to be focused on receiving games. Uh, Marlon Mack was my example, but um, I think it limits you in an offense. Uh, sure, you're able to make you're able to make receiving plays, but you, you got to be able to to block as well. Um, and I think there was a very very clear weakness to the point where Joe Brady wasn't even putting him in the backfield during clear passing plays. He was putting him out out wide sometimes too. So there's some flexibility with him, but I think a weakness in pass blocking and obviously running behind. Joe Burrow means that most of your running attempts are going to come as conservative uh, defensive play because they're trying to play for the pass uh, because of how threatening Burrow is. So you're obviously going to get help there stats wise. So I really want to see what he can do on the NFL field. He's one of those guys that, you know, I, I, outside of everyone else where I really, really pound how important film is, he's one of those guys where I want to see what he does with an NFL team because obviously the LSU system this 2019 season is is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's just – I don't want to knock on him because I know he's going to perform in the NFL to what degree I don't know. I just know he's going to be utilized. He's going to be a great rookie dynasty pick um, just because he's going to have many years of just consistent production. He kind of reminds me of like a more quick twitch James White type player. Um, he'll be using that kind of rule. I don't really know where he's going to fall. 
but we can just kind of transition because there's a lot to him. I'm, I'm sure we'll break him down more in uh, depth. But my next guy is Anthony McFarlane, then Zach Moss, and you have Zach Moss. Yeah. I watched Anthony McFarlane tape uh, a couple weeks back. He didn't really, like, invest in it too much. As we said, he didn't declare until later in the uh, the declare, declaration period. There isn't a set period. But he didn't declare until later compared to the rest. But I rewatched some today, and holy cow, this guy – elusive quick burst he gets outside like you're watching a play he gets the handoff he's already outside running up the seam it's just insane um primarily the ohio state game last so like 2018 so not this last season because they were terrible last season but the year before that they took ohio state to overtime in that game he had 21 carries 298 yards and two touchdowns he just completely shredded this team yeah and and that ohio state team was basically the younger version of last year. A lot of guys returned, so they might not have been as polished. But the way he just ran, it just stuck out to me. It was quick, like I said, elusive. He just got outside really fast. He just got to the the zero the zero line, the line of scrimmage. He just got back to the zero yard line so fast that he had all this time to work with to go make his play. And he just did it with so much confidence to me. Um the only the only knock on him is he's very small. Um I think he's like five nine. 198 it's not very small but like that's not what you're looking for in a full-time back um so that is the one knock on him but he's a four-star recruit out of high school and he had like 24 offers so the dude can play it'll just be a matter he will be a matter of draft capital going from fantasy something to completely irrelevant no matter what like i won't even like touch him or like think about him after the draft um i know you don't have him on your list but do you have any thoughts on anthony mcfarland yeah, he's uh, probably going to fall into about my tier four range. I, I believe uh, Edward Solaire and Zach Moss are just – they deserve to be right there, um, you know, touching Dobbins, but not quite there. Um, and I, I do believe McFarland's a really, really solid back. Obviously, got some work to do on uh, getting some tape out for him. But in the few games I did watch uh, early on in the season when they were relevant and on TV – uh, some solid stuff. Uh, obviously, his dad's Booger McFarlane, uh, the meme yeah. of Monday Night Football. Uh, but, you know, he's a really, really solid black, uh, back, and I'm really excited to see what he can do um, as a running back in the NFL. Yeah, I'm, I kind of messed around with the Roto-Biz, like, combine tools and the, the – the, it's like a box score stout, scout. So you kind of – well, judge the box score they had. But then you kind of put in, like, a projected draft pick to kind of see how the comparisons go. So I put in right around pick 100, and it was a lot of comparisons of, like, Jeremy Hill, TJ Yeldon, Shady was up there. And I kind of see all those with those guys. They were good for a little bit just because they had their chance, and running backs like that don't, like, get a long, sustained chance. Um, that's just how it is. Undersized backs with quick twitch, very long speed, just elusive backs. They, just, they need a spot to shine for a little bit, and then they kind of fade out. But I'm super excited for this guy. I'm going to be a big homer on him come draft time and hopefully be a big homer after the draft if the draft capital falls. Um, but the last guy on our list, Zach Moss out of Utah. Very, very good season. Very, very unexpected. Like, I follow college football. I had no clue who this guy was, especially because Utah was actually good this year. Mm-hmm. But production machine. Uh, I don't have his set in stone stats or anything. Oh. Now this is so. This is my boy, by the way. Yeah, you take it, man. You take it. So, so this is my guy. Uh, definitely gonna be a ride or die. Gonna take him in a lot of dynasty drafts. Um, 
he may break my heart or I may be able to tell a lot of people I told you so. But um, go ahead and firing out his stats. 235 rushing attempts, uh, 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns, 6.0 per. Had 28 receptions, so obviously eclipses your important 25 yep. reception mark. 338 yards, two touchdowns, zero fumbles. That is in all four years of his play. 712 attempts, zero fumbles. That's key. You protect the ball, you're going to go a ways in the NFL. And that's such a that's such a light stat to look at. But um, you know, we we talk about it with we saw a lot about it with Seattle this year with uh, Chris Carson and a lot of talks about him getting pulled because of fumbling. You have a guy that's clean in the backfield. You know, you can give the ball to him whenever, and he's going to keep that ball safe. Very, very important NFL coaches. Yeah, I think, like I said, he's just a production hog. And then all those stats you threw out, I think, kind of just adds on to his profile. I think the one thing with him is what team is going to invest. Um, the way I kind of look at it is like a David Montgomery last year had all these things, only one fumble to be exact. And it was actually his, his knee was on the ground first, so it should have been zero. And he would have broke a record, actually. I don't know if Zach Moss hit the record. It was like most touches without a fumble or something. Or Iowa State homer, by the way, guys. So. Not a homer, but like whatever. So Dave Montgomery kind of had the same profile. A lot of touches. Six yards per carry is good, but with that, like, but that many touches kind of – like you would think maybe he'd have more if he's so good in college because guys like Swift and them are hitting like the 6.57 range. But six is solid. 15 touchdowns, the zero fumbles is huge, but some team needs to take that day three stab, invest elsewhere in the draft and be like, okay, we're going to roll with him because at least we know he is average. He is like, he's going to be okay. He's not going to hurt our team and we can compliment him with a pass catcher slash utility change of pace type of back. So that's kind of how I view him. Um, I don't know. It's just, a, it's just a tough spot to rank him now because we obviously don't know where he'll be taking that next yeah. step of his career. Well, I see him as – he definitely has the ability to to overtake a backfield, even if he gets drafted to a team with an established running back. I think he's a very, very solid back. I wouldn't really say Montgomery because I think Montgomery was really, really just good at mm -hmm. everything. Where Moss, I feel like, has a lot of um, – great tools that are very underrated because of, again, we play the, we play the PAC 12 game um, with how we, the conference has shown it's been and obviously the time schedules of these games, but in the, in the tapes that I watched him, mean, he's a solid back. He, he does, he does the grinding work. Um, he's able to catch the ball out wide, really, really solid pass blocker. And I focus a lot on this because I think it's so important in such a pass heavy NFL right now, pass blocking, pass blocking, pass blocking is so key. And he is really, really solid at it. Keeps the quarterback protected, which helps. So he can fit on basically every team in the NFL. Um, obviously, maybe some exclusions uh, for playtime with established guys. But he, he's a very versatile back that I feel like can be a plug-in and maybe get a few down work and grow into a starting position somewhere. Awesome, man. I think we hit him, we hit him good. Um, so today's Tuesday. Um, so tomorrow the receivers will be out. And then enjoy the combine. If you're numbers guys or whatever, like us, film guy, well, whatever you are, reevaluate your thinking on them. And then come back next week. We're going to have our reevaluations on all these guys. You'll probably hear some new guys here and there that might find their way into our – we might have more break, like more in-depth breakdowns, or, but we'll have our rookie rankings for sure. Um, I guess by now they're on our website. So go to tckpod.com.
Um, we got a couple mocks we did, our rookie breakdowns, a couple articles up there ranging from all rookie positions to free agent positions, as well as links to a ton of stuff. Um, we appreciate the support. Again, like and subscribe if you haven't. Um, Tyler, Tyler Moss NFL on Twitter. Um, thanks a lot, Tyler, for coming on. Uh, you'll see him th- th- forever. You'll see him forever. He'll be beside his life. Hopefully, right. Until I die, right? <laughs> yep. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow with the wide receivers. Peace. Yeah. That'll do it for this episode. If you can gain any value, please subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel and leave a rate and review for both. Also, be sure to give us a like and a follow on our social media. Visit our ever-evolving website and don't be afraid to shoot us a DM so we can assist you one-on-one. You can find all of those links in the descriptions. Make the most of the rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Lucas Kaser and Tyler Moss, I'm Sky Guasco and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.